Dylan's 80th birthday, and I gave myself two Dylan songs to try to get into him, and it just didn't take. I don't know when Van Morrison's birthday is, but I think he kicks more ass than Bob Dylan. John Schoitz, where John reads news stories. I play lullaby versions of popular songs underneath it. You know what? Today, we'll give you 50 bucks to spend at PDQ. If, and only if, you can identify all three lullaby songs played during John's joints. But first, a word from John's sponsor. Take five, honey. Take five. Man care for down there. If you want to stay clean, dry, odor-free, and chafe-free, Chassis is the line of products that can change the way you think about your undercarriage, gentlemen. They are the powder that changed the game. If you like something traditional, go premium powder. If you want to feel tingly and cool in between your legs, go for the Ice Max powder. And, you know, even if you hear me talking, you go, John, I've never chafed before. The bottom line is there are a lot of things working between the legs of a man. You've got hanging, dangling, rubbing, and it can get sweaty. It could be a little gaminess down there. Mm. Change all of that. Get to smelling good and feeling good with Chassis. It's the man care for down there, and you can stock up on all the products at ChassisForMen.com. So we touched on it at the beginning of the show. Uh, Saturday, the lightning game, it was nice. It was an early start, but the temperature raised fairly quickly. I think uh, Lightning fans as a whole were probably pissed off by the time the game was over, even though the Lightning did win 6-2. to two. The Florida Panthers tried, tried to push their way back into the opening round playoff series against our Lightning on Saturday. Instead, the defending Stanley Cup champions flexed their way to a 6-2 to victory. Tampa Bay carries a 3-1 lead. We'll be heading back to Sunrise for tonight's Game 5. Did you see that uh, Did you see that the Panthers are increasing their uh, capacity? 75%. 75%. 75%. Do you think that the Lightning in general, how much do you think other teams' decisions, specifically when they're in the, their own state, do you think that hinges at all on what, on what Tampa does? Oh, yeah. I think they definitely take their cues from other teams in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bolts do the same thing. Alex Kalorn and Nikita Kucherov both had four points in the game for Tampa Bay, while five different Lightning players registered multi-point games. Vassy stopped 39 shots to help Tampa Bay improve to 8-0 in the playoffs following a loss in the past two seasons. That, that's not right, is it? What? That we have not lost following a loss. Oh, right. Not lost following a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Many of the elements that show up uh, on a stat sheet favored the Panthers from shots to scoring chances, but it all went in a bad direction once the game seemed to be out of hand. Um, The good news, 
The Lightning will likely have both star uh, wing Nikita Kucherov and defenseman Mikhail Sergachev back in the lineup for tonight's potentially decisive Game 5. After leaving Saturday's first-round playoff with uh, with injuries, both players were participants in earlier uh, in today's earlier morning skate at the BB&T Center. Asked whether both will be active tonight, Lightning coach John Cooper said, yeah, they should be. Uh, I've got some audio of Coop after the game on Saturday where... Props to everybody for not saying what was actually on their mind. Uh, I I brought it up earlier when Hedman was trying to calm everybody down uh, after the bad calls. Once once, uh, Cooch got thrown into the goalie and then after the slashing call, everybody was trying to keep it calm and they didn't um, lose their minds like the fans were. Here's Coop after the game. We we had way better in us. We knew it. you know, the fact we were up 3-1, we, we didn't like the way we were, you know, we were losing battles down low and and weren't kind of with our scheme and the way we wanted to break out and, and they were kind of on us a little bit. Um, you know, the period break was was timing. We got to make a few adjustments and then, um, you know, we got those goals. Uh, so, you know, give Florida a little credit. They were, they were pressing and... Um, but we weathered it and did what we had to do to get the lead. And Man, that was, uh, when, when you look back at the fact that Cooch was literally thrown in to the Panthers goalie, which that, I thought for a second that that goalie Drieger, I believe, was possibly done for the rest of his career. <laughs> I mean, after the way that his head looked like it went in the opposite direction in which it should, and then he flew into the boards, that looked bad to think that that was a penalty on us. Then Cooch getting slashed. Then the hit on Sergachev. It felt like the Panthers said, we can't win this game, but we're going to make sure that our next games are easier because we want to take out some of their, uh, you know, their key players. I've read things that say that Cooch was acting uh, on the slash that he embellished it a little bit, but I just don't know how you think it's a good idea to go up to a dude who's not anywhere near the play and smack him with your stick. Can I throw something fun at you? Hit We're me. talking about the lightning. Just got a message two minutes ago. You want to talk to our friend today? Who? After what five? What friend? What friend? Who? Who? Voice of the lightning. Dave. Dave. Dave Randorf. Randorf wants to talk he to us. He wants to talk to us. Oh, yeah. After five today. Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Woo! That's very exciting. Man, he well, loves yeah, us. Yeah, he really does. He, he really, really does. Dave. That's very exciting. So after five today, I'll nail down the exact time, but we'll talk to Voice of the Lightning, Dave Randorf. Heck yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, something else the Lightning did late last week. I think they did it even before that, but the video came out late last week. That's pretty cool. I have some audio from uh, Gronk, which I'm not saying I have a problem with this, but he seems to be taking full-blown pucks at himself. I mean, the, the Lightning aren't really holding back. Rob Gronkowski got in net during a practice with the Lightning. I've got some of the audio, and I mean, these pucks are flying very, very fast and seems like they could hurt somebody. All right. We did all the easy shots and breakaways and stuff. Now we got, we're going to get me and Stan, we're some one teams. You know, Stan, we scored 60 in this league. How many? 60. Goals? Ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, too low. <laughs> I knew he couldn't score. <laughs> I mean, these guys are not taking it easy, and I guess you're protected enough, but it's also a professional athlete, you know, getting puck shot at him uh, at, at record speed. And he said this might actually help him, Gronk said in a tweet, because now Tom's passes will look slow. 
So, oh. yeah. Yeah, uh, that that shot ring in the post. Uh, that sounds like it's traveling at a serious velocity. It really does, which I just think I would, uh, you know, I would, I would probably opt out yep. of, of that if I was. But know. hey, Gronk is a man. He's the man's We're man. Not. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said it is investigating a few reported cases of heart problems in teenagers and young adults who have received the COVID-19 vaccine. That coming from the New York Times on Saturday. According to the Times, the agency's vaccine group said a very small number of young vaccine recipients had developed, here we go, myocarditis, myocarditis, an inflammation. (laughs) Have you ever heard of it? You think, which one sounds right? Carditis? Myocarditis. Myocarditis. Spell it. Myo. Yep. Car. Yeah. Ditis. There you go. Nailed it. An inflammation of the heart muscle, which can result in fatigue, chest pain, and abnormal heart rhythms. The group said most cases appear to be mild, and follow-up cases are still ongoing. The CDC's investigation is in the early stages. The agency is still working to determine if vaccines are to blame. Wouldn't there be a way to make sure this doesn't get out? I know that that's really messed up to say, but if you're at the point where you don't really have anything to report, and and you're just kind of looking into it, if... I understand the battle that is ahead of our government when it comes to trying to get people vaccinated, but these stories only work for ammunition for the people out there who don't want to get vaccinated. Right. So it does seem unless, and this goes back to the Johnson and Johnson thing too, because they pulled that, which maybe we'll never know how many people were actually negatively affected, but this just seems like the damage is, is irreversible to public opinion. So unless you've got people just falling out, you should you should keep it off everybody's radar. Very interesting point because it does indeed give you pause and give empowerment to the people who say, look, these vaccines are bad. Yeah. Well, that was a different story. Actually, a couple, di- a couple people did actually grow pause. So that was actually my next story. That's a good one. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, Demi Lovato, she's made her way into the news for for lots of different things over the past few weeks. Uh, she's changed. She's she's non-binary now, so her pronouns have changed. Uh, the thing before that, which reminds me closest of this, was she was mad at the uh, the yogurt stand, the uh, Froyo shop, because they had sugar-free options, and and she really blasted them. And then even once people started coming at her, she did not back down. Now, this one, something I don't think we've ever dug into, but I'd be curious to know if there are other people, specifically women, who feel the same way. Demi Lovato has asked fans to stop complimenting them on their weight loss as it serves as a trigger. The singer, who came out as non-binary last week and is in recovery from an eating disorder, posted on Instagram, I don't know who needs to hear this, but complimenting someone on their weight loss is harmful. As complimenting someone on their weight gain in regard as wait it's it's as harmful as complimenting someone on their weight gain in regards to talking to someone who is in recovery. I I sympathize where she is in her life. I don't think anyone should be commenting on weight gains. Maybe I'm ignorant and a cis gender white male, <laughs> uh, but I don't see anything wrong with making people feel good about their bodies. If you don't know someone's history with food, please don't comment on their body. Because even if your intention is pure, it might leave that person awake at 2 a.m. overthinking that statement. 
I mean, if you don't know their history with food, I get that. Like, you notice they've slimmed down. You're like, hey, you look great. Yeah, thanks. I'm bulimic. I'm throwing up my food. But who knows anybody's history with food? Yeah, it's true. I'm, you know, I'm just, I think that it's important for everybody to, and clearly she's working through a lot, like a lot, a lot. Mm. But intent is what is most important. And if you feel like somebody's just trying to be nice to you, shouldn't you just pull from that and say, oh, wow, somebody's trying to be nice to me? Sure. Yes. Definitely. I I don't think that Ms. Lovato is doing very well with being famous. No, no. And, and even more so. I mean, she had that overdose where she almost died and she had those strokes. I mean, it's been a wild road for her, but it has. She doesn't seem to be getting any better. I hope she can get to a better place. This is an update from It's Okay, It's Not Okay on Friday. A Florida high school is now offering refunds after parents discovered the school had digitally altered dozens of female student photos to make them appear more modest. Bartram Trail High School near Jacksonville faced outrage over the weekend when it came to light that the yearbook coordinator had edited approximately 80 student photos without their knowledge or permission. Students say the changes were unnecessary and unfair. I didn't even think of that part, and I don't know that we touched on it because yearbooks are kind of expensive. Yeah, what, very. Are they, what are they? Do you know what they charge for a yearbook? They're well, like a hundred bucks. Are they that much? They're they're close to it. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, uh, here's audio of one of the parents speaking out about the changes in the yearbook. They've completely altered her photo. It makes her chest look deformed in a way or disfigured. And now other kids are commenting in her yearbook and writing about it and, and making comments and jokes about it. Guys wear like muscle shirts to, to school and they won't dress code them, but they'll dress code girls for wearing a tank top. It's something that parents spend a lot of money on and to, to not even have a heads up, to not even have another option was unacceptable. This really was really, really stupid, only because you've brought so much more attention to those girls now. I mean, I, I don't know how many people in general would have been commenting on a, on a peak of some cleavage or whatever it is, but now that you've got these girls whose pictures have just been edited and they look bizarre and weird, now you've given somebody something to point out and to make more of a spectacle about. So this really, the not telling them was wrong. Uh, I guess giving the refund makes it a little bit better, but it was really a poor poor plan when it comes to dealing with high school kids. It was. And again, if you've got a severe cleavage, like a tube top or a bikini top or something, okay, address the issue. But why don't we stop shaming girls for their bodies? Why don't we just understand that they should feel good about themselves? And if they're not being exploitative, leave them alone. Well, that's the thing is there's... There's not from what I've witnessed of these pictures, and there's a few in this article, like, like there's nothing there. And all they did was take a picture and make it look bizarre by adding in. It's almost just like the black sensor bar. Like that's yeah. what they did. It's just a square and looks weird and, and brings more attention to it than some cleavage would have. Exactly. You touched on it. Phil Mickelson stunned the golf uh. world and becomes the oldest major champion yesterday. There's no reason why at an older age you cannot be at your best. It just takes a little more work. And I, I'm going to cherish this uh, this tournament as though it's my last because it very well may be. But hopefully not. Now, for the people out there that don't understand golf, how can you be? Is it just on that day the game can bring anything your way? Because from what I understand, Phil Mickelson is not out there in the in the top echelon. He's not even making the cut regularly. So how can that happen? And then on a day like that, you're better than every other player in the field. Great question. His short game is beyond a reproach. He was driving the living hell out of the ball, put a 366 up there. Right course, 
right player, right time, 50-year-old major champion for the first time ever. How motivating is that? I love it. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, like, you know, the guy goes to play one course, and he won't even be in the field. But that course yesterday with the wind and the way it was set up, he puked up the lead after the first hole. Kepka had a one-stroke lead. So I was listening to a sports show this morning talk about how guys approach majors. Like, is there something to be said for somebody of his age? You're not getting the same dedication. You're not even getting the same style of play at a run-of-the-mill tournament as you would in a major. Like, the rest is really just a lead-up to these majors. Correct. 100%. Yeah. Like, like, the minor tournaments, I won't even watch those usually. The majors really, really count. Great win. Uh, this is a sad story, local story. Uh, it, when it comes to, you know, we've 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 covered it before. If you've got a gun in the house and you've got kids, uh, you know, I I would think you could come up with a better place to hide it than than in the couch cushion. And a three year old boy in Florida found a gun inside a couch and shot a two year old girl in the home while three grown ups were busy watching basketball late Saturday night. The boy ran crying from the room, and the adults took her to a hospital, crashing the car on the way. That coming from a press conference held by Grady Judd. Lakeland police responded to a two-car crash and found one of the cars was on the way to the hospital with a gunshot victim. A good Samaritan took the child to the hospital. Cop said the little girl was shot once in the chest and sustained severe injuries to her internal organs. Authorities said she remained in exceptionally critical but stable condition. Uh, coming from Grady at the press conference on Saturday, the mother of the girl, who was not at the house at the time, told police the two children were supposed to be at her home. But two witnesses, Cavante Wilson and Roderick Haynes, both 23, told investigators they were watching basketball when the three-year-old found the gun. The gun belonged to Wilson. Wilson had hidden the gun in the couch. Wilson had previous arrests, including grand theft, and is facing charges such as carrying concealed firearm and failure to store a firearm. Just watch the people you let your kids around. I don't know how, how you... You let your kid around anybody? No, it's it's tough too. It really, it really, truly is. And I mean, this the especially if it's your house, that's bad enough that you're sure. letting these people wash your kids. Now you've got people taking your kids supposedly to a place you didn't even know your kid was going to be. No, you can't be careful enough when it comes to your kid and who you're allowing them to be around. So over the weekend, I started seeing these viral videos of a party that that's, I thought it was fake for a second, but it all started with a TikTok star whose wild birthday party in Southern California turned into a riot with more than 3,000 teenagers showing up that he didn't expect to be there. Um, the massive gathering began with a now deleted video posted on the popular social media app TikTok by Adrian Lopez, who invited anyone to his birthday party by Huntington Beach fire pits on Saturday night. The birthday bash quickly descended into chaos as the unruly crowd of teenagers hurled fireworks, bottles, and rockets or and rock and rocks at officers, rockets and rocks, in Huntington Beach, and about 150 people were arrested after they refused orders to disperse. It is not clear why the gathering descended into anti-police violence and chaos. There wasn't an organized protest, protest effort, for instance. It was supposed to just be a party, but when the police showed up, they turned on them. Uh, the, Adrian has now revealed that he didn't expect this because the TikTok video, at last he knew, only had 40 views. It currently has 265 million views My on God. TikTok. But, I mean, the the pictures from overhead, there's a block 
in every direction in four ways is just a sea of people all from a TikTok video. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Luckily, nobody was hurt, but Good. the power of TikTok. I'll tell you, that mass of people around P- uh, Phil Mickelson l- going up to 18 was substantial, too. I, I, I also think, you want to know what the Phil Mickelson thing made me realize a yeah. little bit? I think we're getting out of, of COVID shaming. Yeah. I mean, I saw, you know, it was outdoors, but I didn't see a lot of masks. And for all the videos and comments I saw, not many about uh, about people sucking for not for being there. Agreed. It's not just the tourists who invade Florida in the summer, and sadly, we're about to be invaded again by red tide, which is the combination of blue-green algae that also take advantage of the change in temperature to proliferate, and it causes major problems. Both types of algae bloom are starting to make their presence in the Tampa Bay area. So 2018, remember, was the worst that they've ever seen. Well, at this point, the red tide bloom is already significantly worse than it was in 2018. Some are saying that it has to do with the uh, with the Piney Point breach and the water that made it in, but the fishing community in Tampa Bay is pretty much waiting with bated breath after what they say could be a deal breaker this summer when it comes to the beaches. How bad is that going to suck if we get our our first summer back, everything's open, and nobody will go to the beach because of the, of the red tide? And I Awful. know that that for some reason, seemed to kind of come and go that 2018 with all those fish kills and the the beaches being almost uninhabited. To think we could go back there right as Florida as a whole is making a push to get back to normalcy. I know it's not all because of the Piney Point stuff, but we've got to find a way to stop these people from dumping their garbage into our water. No question. And guys, don't forget the most important question you can ask when there is red tide, what that mouth do. It's important. Thank you. It's important. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make it my point. uh, I'm going to make it my goal in life uh, any day that I can uh, to cover changing bears. And and you may see a bear in the wild and think that it's cool. And then all of a sudden it changes. And uh, that's exactly what happened when conservation officers were called to North Vancouver, Canada Friday after a hiker was attacked by a bear. The North Vancouver RCMP said it was called after five people encountered the bear on St. George's and Piergant Trail from the upper Lonsdale area in Mount Fromm. They encountered a bear on the trail that displayed some aggressive behavior. So you're saying it changed? Like it wasn't an aggressive bear and then it changed? Or are you misreading changed again and it's actually charged? I'm not sure what you're talking about, but this bear had been seen before earlier seeming fairly docile and then later changing to be more aggressive. Uh, The B.C. Conservation Officer Service said a man suffered minor injuries to his leg after being clawed by the bear. No one else was injured. So the bear wasn't wasn't clawing anybody and then saw this man and clearly changed into a bear that could claw. Well, like it's like, like like the story says there were a lot of people uh, encountering the bear throughout the day and I think, you know, if we as we look at the reports, you know, the first one is oh there's a bear and then the last one ends with the man being attacked. So if you can't see the change that took place there, you know, your commitment to not admitting that you misread Charging is changing on Friday's show is certainly I I, I actually I'm actually not certain what you're talking about but uh, so this bear change sadly it led to one man being attacked and uh, I'll keep you abreast on any other uh, changing or in Drew's uh, case ch- charging bears the, the that attack so I was really I meant to send this to you over the weekend NPR did a uh, a full blown write up on one of your favorite creatures on earth the Florida panther and it is about uh it not is a, the team no not no not those yeah. scumbags they suck 
I'm talking about Florida Panthers, the actual real-life Florida Panthers. Yeah. And we need to get our hands on uh, the April edition of the National Geographic because Brian Kelly, uh, not the not the guy who works here, a Panther biologist from the state of Florida, uh, paired up with Carlton Ward Jr., and they are featured in the April issue of National Geographic, to dig into the life of the Florida Panther, whose population once dwindled to below two dozen. Did you know they were that low? No, so I didn't know there like, were that few. Like, like. Two dozen? How do you bring them back? But have since rebounded to more than 200. Still serious risk remain in the past few weeks alone. Two more endangered animals were killed after being struck by vehicles. Those deaths highlight a problem as well as a success story for the cat, the Cherokee once called Lord of the Forest. This story and in, in hearing the uh, the photographer talk about how hard it is to get a picture of a panther in the daylight there's a there's a great message there about the Panther and how they're coming back, but also made me realize how likely it is that book, Bigfoot could be real. Oh, like you can, there's so there's 200 Panthers and this guy says he comes and checks his trail cams every week and one shot at night every few weeks is like a win. Right. So let's say there's only 32 Bigfoot. What would your chances be then? What if there are two Bigfoot? Exactly. Big feet. Hey, Spence, how you doing? Hey, Spence. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, and, and since this story was even written, there was yeah. another uh, there was another death of a panther that was hit, and, <sighs> hit over the weekend. I hate that so, so much. Really, the, the, the story and the article that National Geographic are all about is about getting them to maintain their land back. Like, you can only find them south now, but they need to find ways to connect the areas in which they live from south to north. And the biggest most interesting factor are ranchers. They have to have help from ranchers who have all of this open property and help them conserve oh. that land so that the Panthers can move through. But it's a battle because go figure the ranchers don't want the Panthers to eat their cows, but the federal government is willing to pay the ranchers currently because they are protected for any cows that are killed oh. by Panthers. But still there, there's an old school mentality out there with ranchers who will not help uh, you know, bring bring the Panthers back. I respect that because it's got to be really frustrating for the ranchers to lose calves to Panthers and whatnot. But I would hope they would like the uh, the the Florida ecosystem enough to want to rebuild the Panther population to one that is robust. Yeah, the, this article or, uh, interviews a guy named Alex Johns. He's a rancher and executive director of agriculture for the Seminole Tribe of Florida, and says that uh, that. We feel like that we're losing anywhere from five to seven percent of our of our calf crop every year. I mean, that's insane to think there's only 200 panthers and you can take out seven percent of the cows out there. So with numbers like that, I see being a concern. There is also concerns in the south that they're making their ways into neighborhoods and that they're building up and the people, uh, Dude. you know. We don't want any see any charge or charging panthers, changing panthers. Either way, neither sounds good. Morgan Wallen won uh, three Billboard Music Awards despite not being able to accept any of them. Speaking of race, oh, how are your joints? Burnt. Speaking of race, Governor DeSantis drew a line in the sand when it came to teaching critical race theory in Florida schools. All well and good, but questions next on what should be taught when it comes to race in schools. John? 
How you looking so good, buddy? Medi Weight Loss, the program that keeps you accountable. It keeps you feeling good, keeps you losing weight. When you lose weight, your mind gets clearer. You have more energy. You can do things you never thought you could. And Medi Weight Loss wants to give Bone listeners a free assessment. If you go to startmedi.com slash 1025, it's com slash 1025, or call 877-MED-LOSS. They've got locations in South Tampa, Brandon, Lutz, clear water don't make excuses any longer you can lose that weight and medi weight loss can help when you give them a call make sure you let them know you heard john sending talking about it on drew garabo live you're listening to drew garabo live on 102.5 the Bow.